This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and now New York. So from boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet 10 bucks, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And PropSwap, it's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And Thrive Fantasy, they're running a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus a 100% instant deposit match at ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. And Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win up to 15K with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com and get started today. And we're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And, of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the free Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win 100K. All right, welcome back, DJs. It's the Waste Management Open uh, DFS and betting show. I was absent last night because I had to do a bunch of shit, so Steve uh, did the solo preview show. Uh, so we got a special guest with us as well as the God of Golf himself, Steve. John Hasselbauer, what do we got, man? You ready? PGA Tout. What's up, fellas? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Excited for Wasted Management, the People's Open, the right. appetizer to the Super Bowl. One of my favorite events of the year outside the majors. So appreciate you having me on. I'm excited about it. How, how pumped are you that they're going to only play one golf course this week too? No more of that multi-course ro- rotational, you know, crap. I can't stand it, honestly. I, <laughs> you know me, I, I write the previews every week. And when you have to preview three different courses, it's like, let me just find some common denominators here because I'm not writing three previews <laughs> this week. So uh, I cannot be uh, more relieved that that part of the season is over. Uh, especially coming off the hoagie win. I was, uh, definitely a little cold coming, coming into the season. So happy to get that, uh, that first one off my back and hopefully we can carry some momentum into waste management. Well, congratulations, uh, at my expense. Uh, I had Jordan Spieth and I was, uh, not very thrilled about what happened, but hey, congratulations to you. That was a big win. So, you know, before we get to, uh, golf though, I know that you are a Syracuse alum and, uh, I'm from Rochester, New York and I love Syracuse basketball. I'm not really loving, a lot of what I've been seeing for pretty much the last five, ten years with this team, you know, I mean, ever since I joined the ACC. So, I don't know. I mean, like, why don't you, uh, you know, give some little thoughts about the state of the program right now as far as, uh, you know, how how much you hate the Bayheims and all their nepotism <laughs> going on right now? <laughs> it, it, it It's, well, I don't know. It definitely has a feeling of nepotism on the outside looking in because you bring all the Bayheims in and we're, you know, one of our worst stretches of the last decade, as you said, is right now with both of those guys on the team. I don't know if that affects like other guys on the team, like getting last minutes in practice or like not wanting to take the ball away from the coach's son or other son. Um, you know, I will say like Buddy was legit in, uh, in March Madness last year. And then he hasn't really like brought that over this year. Um, for whatever reason, but that was a nice little surprise. We're kind of perpetually on the bubble, whether we like it or not for better or worse. Sometimes we we feel like we should be safely in and we just get on the bubble. Sometimes we feel like we have no chance to get in still on the bubble, still make it, make a sweet 16 run. So we, we're nothing if not entertaining when March comes, but you know, it's, it, it is what it is this season. I think we're about like 500 now just blew out Louisville. So I guess that means that we're like back on bubble watch. Maybe I don't think we've beaten a ranked team yet this year. So we probably shouldn't be, but 
who knows? Maybe we'll get hot in the ACC tournament and yeah. and find ourselves back in the tournament again. Yeah, listen, anytime we blow out Louisville, that's great. I I hate Louisville going all the way back to the Big East days. But it just it, for me, it's just it's frustrating. Somebody who like when I went to college and like early twenties, like that was you know CJ Fair years, like Tyler Ennis, like all those like really good teams when probably when Bayheim was paying guys under the table. And now that we can legally got pay guys under the table, well not even under the table. It just I don't know. I I find it kind of hard to think like with NIL stuff, like how we can actually keep guys at Syracuse and bring them there. Like, unless we're, I don't know, tell them to, you know, advertise for sale and hot dogs or something like that. No, but um, no, it just, it, it's, it's been frustrating to be a fan of this team for the last six years. I mean, ever since that 23, you know, start in 2014, it just, it's kind of been downhill. I don't think they have a winning record in the ACC. I, I just, I, I don't under, I don't know when it became acceptable to kind of just hope for a 10 seed. That's not really what I'm going for here. And yeah, I mean, you're right. They, anytime they played a legit team this year, they got blown out. I think their best win is against Indiana where they gave 110 points. And look, I mean, if we want to play our basketball, like we're South Dakota state where we're just jacking a bunch of threes with some unathletic guys who can't guard and, you know, not play defense. Fine. I guess that would work in the summit league, but it doesn't really work in the ACC. And I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of hoping for a fresh start, get the Bayheims out of here. And I don't know. Go from there. Yeah, I, I think Beheim will coach until he gets his thousandth win returned yeah. to him after they took it away. Um, so I, I think that's basically like when when Buddy uh, graduates. So we probably have one more year with him. Uh, I'm a little nervous because aside from having a Hall of Fame coach, there's not a lot of peer appealing about the Syracuse area to draw right. in uh, five star recruits. So I, it was a nice little chip to be like, hey, I coached uh, LeBron on the Team USA team, so come through and I'll like show you what he's like. Um, we we kind of lose that if it's going to be like Jerry McNamara or whoever. I love Jerry McNamara, but um, whoever it is, uh, his predecessor or successor. Um, you know, I, I'm excited for that. But, you know, I, I think we were probably there at, at summer times, actually. Um, you know, I was there. Michael Carter Williams, same uh, grad yep. rookie class as me. Um, <laughs> so him and Dion on that uh, 2014 team, that was a lot of fun to watch. They had two Final Four runs while I was there in school. So I was there definitely at the peak. It would seem that after 2003. So hopefully that that wasn't the peak. Hopefully we're back um, yeah. there someday. But it doesn't seem like um, this year is that year. But we'll see. no, it, it definitely isn't unless we can keep playing NC State and like Pittsburgh every week. So all right. Uh, so uh, you yeah, know, while yeah. we get into before, golf, before we lose everybody other than the Syracuse fans. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Boston Camper. You felt a little left out. We can talk about Boston college basketball, but they I don't fuck it. No one, no one cares about college sports where I come from. <laughs> uh, basketball. We care about the bean pot, which is going on tonight, and no one actually really gives a fuck about the bean pot. Can so. you gamble on the bean pot? You can. You all can. right. Well, there you go. All right. Maybe we'll cover that uh, and some other podcasts. We are never covering this. All right. Never. All right. While we transition to golf here. Uh, so, you know, this is the first time on our show here. What we kind of like doing is just introduce you to the audience. So, why, John, why don't you give us just kind of like a high level view of just like, you know, how you approach golf gambling? Like, you know, how you handicap? Are you more of like a model based, feel based? You know, like, why don't you tell the audience just what you're all about? Yeah. Um, I think in general, I try to be structured with, with how I approach golf. Uh, it's very easy to, to not uh, be structured and just bet your favorite guys every week. So I try to do the same thing every week, which is a uh, three units in 24 units out. So however I allocate that every week, sometimes I just say single bullet. I almost did that with Rom. Like if I just bet Rom, that would have been my card. I could have done that. I almost did. I, I didn't. Um, other times I'll be like, I don't like anybody under 50 to one and it's a 20 man card. 
um, and anything in between. But that lets me like be a little creative with it. So I like to do it that way. It makes it a little bit of more of a strategy of how I'm going to attack each week and who I'm going to side with. So that's how I approach it from a betting standpoint. I, I do a lot like heavily into outrights. Um, I, I, I think outrights are an entertainment bet and there's yeah. nothing more fun in sports betting than sweating an outright. Like, like what we got to see yesterday, even if you lose, like it's still like you're on the edge of your seat. Um, so it, I, I love that aspect of it. I'll do a couple props here and there, but, um, you know, that, that's what I do my research for. And then in terms of my actual research process, it usually starts, um, I'll like go on YouTube and watch like the last three or four, uh, years of that tournament just to get a sense of like how it played, what kind of shots were those guys hitting? What does it look like? Um, and remind me of like what went on last season, if there was anything like fluky or anything. Um, then I'll go into fantasy national. So I'll run, you know, mixed condition models of, uh, stuff that I I've seen from, you know, just past research of like what whole ranges are concentrated in here. Is this an easy course? Is it a hard course? Long, short, see guys who sort of play well on the comp courses. I think I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what those right comp courses are each week. And I think that's really the best way to differentiate from everybody else because it's very, it's very straightforward for anyone to be like, oh, pick the approach guys and uh, the guys who guys, play well on the guys surface. Guys who play good irons. Guys yeah. who play good irons. Pick <laughs> yeah. the guys who hit the irons well. Yes. Yeah. You know, you got to understand what everybody else is doing, and then you'll understand who the chalk is. And then if you add a second layer to it of, uh, well, this guy hasn't played well in three weeks, but he only plays well in the desert. Uh, for example, for this week, it's like, oh, well, he's only played well at the Shriners and the CJ Cup, so maybe there's something to that. So I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I like to have it each each week feel different. Um, so I, I enjoy the process of research every Saturday, Sunday, and then I put my tournament preview out on the lines um, every Sunday night after the previous week's tournament is over, and then I'll do a couple other articles um, throughout the course of the week. You do any first-round leaders, man? I uh, forgot about first round leaders. Come on, yes, man. First, first round, round leaders. leaders. You said there's no better sweat than an outright. There's no better sweat than a Thursday during the work week watching a golf tournament on your monitor for a first round leader sweat. No, you're absolutely right. Because you, you know what I've, I've learned the last couple of weeks that it, from an outright perspective, it doesn't matter to watch the golf on, on Thursday and Friday because so nope. much changes. I had Seamus Power last week, too. And by the time it was Saturday, I was like, why did I spend so much time like refreshing the PGA Tour shot leg app for every birdie that Seamus Power made? And it didn't matter. And the same thing with right. Russell Henley a couple of weeks before, like yep. he could not have played any better for three rounds and it just doesn't matter until Sunday. So right. you're, you're totally right. Like if you want to follow along golf on, on Thursday, that first round leaders, they're actually the best. You're correct. I have a tradition about Sebastian Munoz first round leader every single week. Oh. Nice. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Munoz guy as well. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. He, every single week, no matter what course fit or not, he's always on the card. Uh, I think, well, he's like a 201 outright this week. So he'll be like well over 101 first round yeah. leader. Another huge benefit to not having these stupid course rotations. Uh, you actually get like good first round leader odds. So I'm yes. very excited to have that back. Yep. Um, I, I actually have not done any first round leader like research i don't actually like do research for first oh, round leaders i just it's like all, it's all gut. Board. yeah it's all gut. yeah it's all 100 percent gut. i'm yeah. like that guy shouldn't be that low like that's literally the process like there is no actual like science picking first round leader no, it's absolutely. a fun entertainment bet yeah um but but yeah I, we'll get to some first round leader guys by the end of this i haven't actually looked into it but i'm sure after we talk through the board uh <laughs> some some favorites all right sounds good 
All right. Well, listen, uh, are you looking for any specific stats, uh, angles, uh, for this week's tournament other than, you know, off the tee, good, good irons, you know, like anything, <laughs> anything that jumps off the page to you that you really focus in on? Yeah. You know, ball striking a little more usual than just pure approach. Obviously approach every week. Um, but ball striking in the sense that like, Guys who are, guys who can use their driver as a weapon and, and are not like conservatively fairway finding, but like can take risks and take on an aggressive angle and like confidently do that. Uh, those are the guys that, that seem to do very well here. If you have like a two way miss, I think you're in trouble on this course because you've got a lot of water. You've got a lot of like natural cacti, um, <laughs> outside the fairway. So, yep. um, and it's, it's at elevation. It's very firm, like even on the fairways. So if you hit a little like, um, like a stinger off the tee, you're not the longest guy off the tee. The the driving distance on average is actually the longest here of any course on tour for those reasons. So if you just hit a low straight ball, um, you're actually pretty good. So um, there there's a those are the sorts of like subjectively kind of guys I'm looking at. And then uh, it looked like scrambling popped a little bit here, just because again the the uh, if the greens are firm, they're not as receptive. So you can hit some good shots and just trickle off. So. Uh, it's not going to be a 20 under par week. You are going to have to scramble some, for some pars. So really just ball striking plus scrambling is, is essentially the, the extent of what I look for. All right. Cool. Well, listen, before we jump into the 10K range, uh, we got to talk to you guys about WinBet. It's now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and now New York. And we're bringing the excitement of the win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play from boosted same game, pile, same game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Don't forget about all the props that will be available on WinBet for the Super Bowl. The best part, you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same game parlay for the big game. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. During the WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet to give you a larger payout opportunity. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 10 bucks to win 200. Download Bet and Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com dot com to start winning offers are subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in a state where play through winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right all right steve, John. I, steve, steve i feel like these ad reads get longer and longer every week <laughs> Well, I mean, I had to do it last night, so I, I feel your pain. So, All right. So, John, that is our special guest. Why don't we start breaking down the $10,000 rates? We start with John Rahm at eleven six. You got Justin Thomas at $11,000. Patrick Cantlay at ten seven. Hideki Matsuyama at ten four hundred, and Victor Hovla at ten two hundred. So, John, why don't you give us one guy you like in this range and uh, one guy you're fading? Yeah, so in my previews every week, I pick one guy to spotlight, and it's usually on the premise that, like, I think they're going to have – they're going to present a lot more value than the odds folks are going to put on them, and you might be able to buy a drift on them. Um, I don't know why I was expecting more of a drift on John Rom. <laughs> I really thought we were going to get like a nine Never. to one, Never. but like still single digits, but something a little bit better because he just keeps being priced as the best guy and not winning. Um, and you've got guys around him like Justin Thomas who have really been neck and neck with him the last few weeks. Uh, Victor Hovland's won like three times in the last five starts, something crazy like that. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama has two wins in his last four starts and dominates this place. So I just thought there would be like a little bit of a slippage with, with John Rom to actually get to a bettable number. He's no better than seven, seven and a half to one. So, uh, from a betting perspective, I can't do it, but from a DFS perspective, I still love him. Um, 
Arizona guy, lives in Scottsdale, went to school at Arizona State right down the road, uh, belongs to Silverleaf right there uh, in Scottsdale as well, has never finished worse than top 20, obviously rates out well in all the models. So I just think he's due to win. He has to win eventually. He keeps doing everything but winning. Uh, he's 30 under par, century still doesn't win. So um, he's going to win eventually. The, the wins are going to catch up with him. It would make sense that he does it here. He's a perfect fit for this golf course, and he's playing immaculate golf right now. So I, I know he's very expensive and an obvious choice at the top of the board, but uh, I don't always put the, the number one highest um, salary player in my lineups, and this week I'm definitely going to be starting there. Um, and then in terms of a fade, I'm going to fade Cantlay. Um, it's his first time playing here. Um, I think there, there's something to course history. It's not to say that guys can't, you know, win or, or play well in their first time. But if I'm playing a premium on a guy at the top of the board, I look around him and I see Justin Thomas, Raman, Matsuyama, who crushed this place. Uh, even Spieth is up there and he has very good history. So if I'm deciding 1v1, I, I would side with the course history guys. And, and Cantlay is good because he's like, He's good around the board, but he's not. He hasn't shown us that he's elite in off the tee or elite in approach. He's actually like a, kind of a liability on approach at Pebble last week. He had a lot of oh, scoring opportunities. That fourth round was in. insane, wasn't it? What the fuck yeah. was he doing with the driver? What was he doing? <laughs> what was he doing? Yeah, he hit driver to in between club ranges where he had like a flip wedge that yeah. he didn't know how to control. Uh, just really and like brought like the hazards into play and all that. Like, this isn't the type of course that I want to play Patrick Cantlay and he's playing great golf. There's no denying it. He, the, the price is pretty much justified, but it's not where I'm, I'm going to go. Oh, well, uh, I am literally in lockstep, uh, with John. So that makes me feel good. Uh, cause I haven't been seeing the board, uh, well the last two weeks. Um, so I don't know if that's bad news for you, uh, or good news for me. Uh, but seriously, like you're right. Like John Rahm, 11, six. I, you can't bet him outright at six and a half, seven and a half to one. The only time I did that was at the U.S. Open, and I took the stance. He was the only five single bullet on the CAD. Fucking huge bet. Let's go. Especially after what happened uh prior with the COVID pullout. I was like, there's no way he's not winning. Like, karma has to fucking happen. Um But, yeah, I love him at 11-6. Um, there's some guys down in the sixes where you can get cute that have decent course history and decent form now where you can fit him and not hate your fucking lineup. Um, and I'm with you as well. I'm, I'm fading Cantley. I, you can't fade. I thought about Hovland I, only because his wins have been overseas. And it's like, but man, I, I feel much better fading Cantley, who, who looked kind of, he didn't look lost, but he didn't look like himself on Sunday. And like you said, he's never played here. He's, he did kind of get up for the for the Ryder Cup, though. He did like he he showed a little emotion, right? So I don't know. Maybe the fans will get him into it, but at his price, I'm gonna fade Cantley. You can't fade JT. You can't fade Decky here, and I'm just scared to fade Hoffman. So Cantley will be out of my lineups at ten seven. Okay. I mean, I think you can make a case for Cantley, but I'm not gonna make it. Um, I mean, all <laughs> these guys. Look, like I, I'm not. It, it, I'm nitpicking at this point for yeah. a lot of these guys. They all have really good, a lot of good qualities to them. Um. I mean, I think for me, when I hear Dome Golf, like it's going to be this week, I want JT. Anytime it's Dome Golf, that's the guy I want. It's been great here. Like, that's also another guy, too, who he, it, throughout his career, he doesn't go on a lot of long stretches without a win. And we're coming up on almost a year. Almost a year. Last one. Yeah. Players, right? Yeah. So, I mean, just, I don't have to go into how great he is on any of the categories. Right. I'm just going to go with JT and, I mean, I know he's. Po- it looks like he's going to be very popular this week. You're just 
fading a really good player if you just go against it. So, uh, my fade's actually going to be Hideki, though. Okay. And I think you're paying for the course history. I think you're paying for the win equity. You're paying for the fact that he won recently. But, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. If he didn't lead the field in putting at the Sony, he's probably finishing 20th, and he's $1,000 cheaper. So, I know he's really good here. But I also feel like we were just in this exact same place at Tory, and he was T30. So maybe, and maybe it's because I was on him that week and I got burned. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to fame here. And like, I, I think like if you can just like T15, T18, like this is a good result, but for 10-4, I'm not really looking for that. So that's my fade in this range. Okay. I like it. All right. Now we're down to the $9,000 range. Boston cap or why don't you kick it off? Oh my God. This, I mean, this range. Is just full of guys who can win this fucking tournament, right? I mean, it, it's it, like you could you could theoretically skip the 10k and over range and make a more balanced build down here. I, I think I think Spieth's the most mispriced at 9900 based on his history here, how we looked last week where he should have won. This is what set him off last year at 9900, and he's still based on ownership. He's still going to be. Sub 10%, like right now, obviously it's fucking early, guys. It's 9 o'clock on a Monday night. But sub 10%, Jordan Spieth, 9,900. I feel like he's mispriced, um, especially, uh, like you said, like if he's going to get some fur bounces, they're going to roll off, and he's going to do some magic shit around the green. Likes this course, great course history. Give me Spieth. I, I was going to go with Berger, um, I, but we can, we can talk about him on the betting side. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going with Spieth. I just don't I just don't think he's priced right. He should be up in the 10K range, so I'll take the – Take the discounted on the value. And as far as the fade goes, um, Bubba has caught a lot of Twitter steam. I know he's got, uh, I know he's got, I know he's got a lot of, uh, a good course history here and he just came in second over at the bone saw, but 9k for Bubba. I know he's got good court history, but I'll just, I'll just pass. I'm just going to pass like out of that. I'm going to pass. You could easily fade another guy because he's cursed, but uh, I'll take I'll take the harder route. I'll just fade somebody who's getting a lot of Twitter steam. He's going to have over 10% ownership, and it's only based on course history. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I remember last year we were sitting here with Bubba saying, oh, you got to play Bubba to his courses, and I think he went cut, T30, cut at, like, Torrey here mm-hmm. at Riviera. It doesn't always work out for him. Right. So I, I get that. Um, so last week, I just threw caution to the wind and just said, I have faith in Jordan Spieth at Pebble Beach. And I'm going to do the same thing this week. That's I have faith. No. No. I, I, have, no. Faith, I have faith in Xander Schauffele at TPC Scottsdale. So. Chip out of the tournament again? What's that? He can chip himself out of the tournament again? I don't think he's going to do that. <laughs> so his course history is very good here. He probably should have a win at this point. Um, probably should have a win in a lot of places, but he doesn't. Hey, would you I, I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I love you. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Anyways, can I finish my point? You can. I'm sorry. So he played a lot better than what he showed at the Saudi last week. There wasn't any shot link data for it, but I may think he was like six under heading into uh, Sunday. It was really windy conditions. Um, it really was only two bad holes on Sunday that knocked him out of it. Other than that, he was fine, and he's really good here, and I just have faith that you know, sometimes you just go to a golf course where you just have a lot of success. He has a lot of success here. I'm just going to ride it. So I, I, I'm going to take Xander here. And then I am actually going to fade Burns. I know it's low-hanging fruit because he is cursed this week. But there's some things about him that I don't like coming in. He hasn't had his irons very good the first two events he's been in. 
You know, he can be a little erratic off the tee as well. Um, he did finish T22 last year, but that was mostly on his putter. I think he gained like 2.7 strokes per round putting. Um, that's the way he's went. And I think, I think he missed the cut in two others. And I don't know. I mean, it seems like he's lost a lot of momentum since last year. So I think just at $9,300, I'm just not going to be playing him this week. So, all right, John, what about you? What about one guy you like and one guy, uh, you're fading? Yeah, I think uh I think when it's all said and done I might actually fade the whole range when I'm building oh, no. uh lineups just cuz I I see myself doing like a stars and scrubs build because there's a lot of like these really cheap like cringe-worthy guys at the bottom that I can actually like convince myself into. Um with that said, uh I can see myself turning around on Daniel Berger cuz that's just going to be down to like is he actually healthy? Um, if he's healthy and, and saying the right things in the media and like, yeah, he really needed that one week off to get back to healthy. I don't necessarily believe that. Like he looked pretty bad at, at Tory. I don't know if you guys saw him. He was literally like rolling around on the floor in between shots. So yeah, he was, was not, like, yeah, it wasn't he right. did not pass the eye test of a guy who's one, one week off away from being back to healthy. With that said, he looked awful and still finished, uh, T20 and like gained in all, all major categories. So, if that's his floor, uh, T20 at, uh, Torrey Pines while battling an injury, um, then maybe he's not actually going to be that bad and he can power through this. I was all over him. I was so confident in him. Uh, last waste management, he missed the cut and then he won, uh, the following week. Um, yeah. so it was a nightmare. I was on the same, <laughs> same fucking, same yeah. exact thing. John, John uh, that happened to me five straight tournaments last year. I bet a guy a week early and Berger so, was so, uh, part of that. It's a funny story because I, I did this with, uh, Reed at the Amex. I was all in. I bet him one, one and done. He won Tory Pines. Then I was all in on Brooks at Tory Pines. One and done. Missed the cut. Wins at Waste Management. And then I'm all in on, uh, Berger at Waste Management and missed the cut. I'm like, you know what? I'm not falling for this again. And I bet Berger at, at, uh, at Pebble Beach. So that was my nice. first win of the year last no, year. I, I wish you knew back then because it extended <laughs> more tournaments for me after that. I was very outspoken about this that week. I was like, this is, this is the prophecy. This cannot fail. He is there guaranteed to win. So good vibes at Pebble Beach awesome. for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if this was a healthy Daniel Berger, I'd be starting my card with him. I have that question and I, I think he's at best maybe like 80, 90%. So wait and see. Maybe if, if, if the quotes are there, I'll get on him. Uh, with you on, on the Bubba, uh, fade, it's funny because I've, I've got, gotten DMs like, Hey, how are we treating jet lag from, uh, Saudi? Like, Sorry. do we take it into account? And I'm like, yeah. no. And then they're like, well, how do you feel about Bubba? And I'm like, well, he, he might be jet lag. Jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, so. I would- I was talking. I was talking to Andy uh, when he was on. What was he on two weeks ago, Steve? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so, totally. so I made that flight, and I don't give a fuck if they're flying private or not. And that is a long fucking flight. I don't care who you are. That well, I guess. Well, they'd probably be coming the other way. They're coming from California, so maybe it's not as long. How long is the flight from Saudi to to Arizona? It's gonna be it's, shorter it's than pretty, pretty, hours, pretty right? long. But so so it's fifteen <laughs> hours from from Saudi to uh, Atlanta, which is fucking far, right? That's that's a long flight. I don't give a shit if you have. A bed, everything. You're still, you're still fucked up by it. Like, mm. yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure the Saudis definitely hooked them up with the nicest PJ you could buy. But um, <laughs> regardless, it's Bubba Watson. We have not seen him play on the PGA Tour since the FedEx playoffs, um, like five months ago, which is alarming. I, I picked him a season long uh, fantasy draft, and I have not gotten a start out of him yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's been like twenty starts. 
Oh, you picked Justin. Justin saw the Corn Fairy tour. Justin saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thought he had his yeah, card. Yeah. Get me oh, yeah. uh, eczema, Bermuda, whatever it's called, money for. Uh, yeah, I've been. Um, I've been uh, pushing to count Bubba's book tour revenue towards the towards <laughs> towards the fantasy league because he's gotten zero dollars on the PGA it's tour. Worth, it, so listen, it's, it's worth it's worth a shot, man. It's definitely <laughs> worth a shot. You need a petition, I'll sign it for you. There you go. <laughs> All right, while we take a little ad break and then uh, we'll get back to it. All right, well, listen, you guys know there's never enough things to gamble on. And the one sport that runs 365 days a year, the only sport that runs longer than golf is horse racing. Best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You pick your horses, you build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. You can win as much as 15K with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on horses to select and build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in on the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. Uh, you can even follow them in the app, and we can pair our own stats. So download StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, and win. All right. $8,000 range. Well, let me pick two guys that we like and one guy we don't. So, um, you know, I think I'm going to go back to Fitzpatrick this week. I think a lot of people think of him as just like a short course guy, but I mean, he's got some good finishes at Bay Hill in his career, Murphy Village. And I know that this is his first time here, but there's a lot of things that I'm looking at this week. He kind of fits. Um, you know, you talk about a guy who keeps the ball in play. You know, you'll get a good drive percentage stat. He fits that pretty well. He actually gains a lot more strokes off the tee than you would think for for a little bit of a shorter guy. You know, the big problem for him the last year or so has been his iron play. Um, but last week he hit his irons pretty well. That was off a relatively long layoff too. Maybe during those two months he fixed things. And if that's legit, then he's consistent off the tee, hit his irons pretty good, great putter, you know, and just good putter on some of these overseas services too. And I, I mean, like, I, I know that, there is a little bit of course history things in this place, but I just look at a lot of these holes and I think a guy like Matt Fitzpatrick can figure this place out. I don't think it's as like tricky and straightforward as some of these other places are. So I like him. Um, really like Adam Scott this week. Again, another guy who hasn't played here, but I incorporate a lot of Euro tour data and a lot of stuff I look at and he played awesome over there. Uh, I think he gained over shot and a half around T to green on each of the, I think at the, Desert Dubai or, or Omega Desert Dubai Classic and then whatever the other one is. Uh, two top ten finishes. I think the knock on him is if you look at that good drive percentage, it's really ugly, which suggests that maybe he sprays it all over the place. I think a lot of that had to do with when he was playing that 48-inch driver shaft. Mm. I think he's kicked that to the curb. And if you know if he's, if he's found a little bit more consistency off the tee, which it seems like he has, I mean, he's hitting his irons great. He's even putting well. Like, I mean, I don't – I don't trust him like maybe in crunch time, but do I trust him for maybe like a top 10? And yeah. He's Adam, yeah, I, I think I do. So I like him. And then I'm thinking Louie. I know he's got the good course history, but this, this is his first tournament off a long layoff. His other two, like when he has played here, he had a, a, a tournament under his belt before that. And I, I'm looking at a lot of stats and they look great, but it's also four months old. I don't know if it's any relevant at this point. So that's who I'm fading. Okay. Right, you know, I, know I don't know who Louie is anymore because he hasn't gained strokes putting in like 
four forever. Months. It's insane. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Like, I don't and know all thing. of last season, and you know, last year was weird because he had never been a good putter, and then all of a sudden he was like a top five putter on yeah. four. Twelve feet, the entire count on season. it every single time. Twelve feet, just burying it every fucking time. Yeah. yeah, and then as soon as the calendar turned, it was like forgot how to putt again. So I, I, I'm with you. I just don't know what to do with Louis. He needs to show it. He'll probably be electric in the majors again, but I don't, I'm not touching him until then either. Okay. All right. All right. What, uh, what about two guys you like in this range then? Um, I love Webb. I think especially looking at Webb, $400 cheaper than Bubba. Uh, I don't understand how you could go to Bubba and not Webb. Um, same course history. Webb's actually won here and he lost the playoffs. So almost won here twice. Um, Obviously, very disappointing at the Sony. Burned a lot of people, and maybe people fade him, hold that against him. I think we can give him a pass there. That was his first start of the year. He had like a two-month layoff, so if he came out a little rusty, I can give him a pass on that. He gained the most strokes on approach of his career. The start before that at RSM, he was talking up, convinced me uh, to to one and done him at Sony, talking mm-hmm. up about all the work he'd been doing on his yep. uh, on a swing, and it's never felt better. And him and Paul Tesori are in lockstep, and all that, and, and you know, I, maybe I fell for it a little bit, but um, Webb is a guy that we know him to play well at his Webb courses. You may not think of this as a Webb course because it's not known for being short, and every other Webb course is the shortest course on tour. Um, but I think that that's a credit to just the ball goes farther here, and it doesn't really disadvantage him to be a little bit shorter. He can use the ground and roll it out a little bit more, rely on the approach game, and uh, you know, it's very firm and fast uh, putting. Uh, you have to be good on fast greens. I, you know, it's not really Bermuda. It's overseeded with a whole bunch of other stuff. So the Bermuda stats don't really matter, but, uh, it is fast and it's going to roll like very quickly. So he's, he's usually been pretty good. Bubba is as well on the, those faster surfaces. So I think there's definitely merit to looking at guys who do well in those conditions. Um, and it's, it's such a significant drop off for a guy who has some of the best course history of anyone in this field and is a, you know, a top 30 or 40 world golf, uh, ranked player and to see a 45 on him in the Osborne, uh, that's as high as I've seen. And I jumped on that when I saw it, but, uh, this is a very good price, I think on him and seems like a pretty safe floor with it, with how consistently he plays here. Um, and you know, if I had to pick another one, I, I say, why, why stop now on Tom Hogan? Uh, 8,100. He now has three top fives, including the win in his last four starts. Um, uh, I was watching a video of him on the range today. And they were like, Hey, what have you done to celebrate? And he's like, I don't know how long I can keep this up. So I just keep practicing because I just want to like, I just want to like capitalize on this while I'm still playing. Well, I'm like, that's exactly what I want to hear. Well, it's because he didn't, there wasn't a good casino within 10 miles of Monterey. So yeah, he's doing practice. A famous <laughs> he's apparently at his mom's house in, uh, in Scottsdale. Oh my god. Oh, so yeah. Why are you he's giving me really all this settled down? Like this is like you this is this is the dumb shit why I lay bets. Like oh he has something dumb like that. I'm like, no, okay. He's still out there practicing, he's not getting drunk and and playing <laughs> craps at the ten K uh, roll table. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. like, I mean that's all that's all that is on that on that base. Eighty one hundred for Tom Hoagie is actually cheaper than he was. And he looks super low owned. <laughs> Could be. I mean, no one's excited to play him, and nobody really expects somebody to follow up a win, especially the first of someone's career. Right. Um, it's usually not the spot you want to buy high, but I don't think you are buying high at 8100 no. It's a price discount from last week when you won. And, it, and his outright number is still what, like 55, 60 to 1 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I hit on, on him at 66, so I'm not going to pay less 
in a better field. Right. Um, right. But it is about level to where he was like on average last week. So yeah. I can't Ooh. stomach that, but I, you know, I can see people going back to it. Yeah. Um, and then another narrative fade for me is going to be Russell Henley, who has never made the cut in an even year at the Waste Management Open. Wow. Every other year. Oh, my God. John is my type of guy, dude. Just <laughs> completely just it makes no sense whatsoever. But, yeah, whatever. Even years, yeah, clearly he can't play golf yet. You and are going to – you're going to empty the bank account on this cut, Russell Henley. Oh, great. my God, dude. I mean, I see a trend, and I jump on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, well, so I w- actually was very high on Russell Henley last year, partially because of this trend, um, but also because he's a total head case, and, like, I don't see him doing well in front of mass fans, like, booing at him and cheering <laughs> for him. So when there was, like, no fans last year, I was like, this is the time that Russell Henley's going to win this event. He didn't. Yeah. He made the cut. Cause that's, right. that's what he does in odd years. Um, but he's going to be popular here, uh, in DFS. Uh, nobody wants to bet him anymore, but he's going to be popular in DFS. Um, it's a low price. He's going to model well. It's an approach course. Like yeah. what, what, what more do you want from that standpoint? So he'll be, he'll be popular. He'll be an easy fade for me. Uh, especially if the ownership's where I think it's going. Okay. All right. Boston Capper, who do you like in this range? Who you don't? All right, so it's funny. Is I'm 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 with Faden Headley, and it was because he's the chalkiest player down here, and uh, I didn't know about fucking the, the even year, man. That's uh even versus odd. I love it. I'll take it. Whatever. Uh, I'm with you with Adam Scott. I complain about it all the time when I have money on him. There's nobody who I trust less to make a fucking four foot putt when I have money on him than Adam Scott. I mean, that might be an overstatement, but you're never comfortable with him putting. But um, I love his ownership in DFS. I know it's the first time we're seeing him, but it's it's Adam fucking Scott. Like I, I think he'll be fine here, um, and he's a guy who I think probably feed off the crowd. It's not like people are gonna be booing and 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 lighting him up, and you know girls be throwing panties at him and shit. He'll probably have his confidence way up. Um, and I'm going back to Seamus Power. I don't care. Um, I don't care. You can make the face all you want, man. <laughs> listen, you can make the face all you want. And, listen, Dude, yeah. I, that, that's the second time I've been on someone who, who blew a five shot lead at some point during the <laughs> I get that, it. That's unreal. I, I I get it. I get it. So I'm hoping I'll get some depressed ownership. He had a bad Saturday for whatever reason. Because God knows we couldn't fucking see because there's no shot link data. We have no idea why he had a fucking bad Saturday. Oh, oh, oh they showed all his shots. I know what happened. Listen, yeah. I was just doing shit. The, um, I know, I know he missed a couple. I saw, so I went up to dinner, uh, that night. I went to, when I texted you, I was at Nona Blue, right? Graham McDowell's, uh, restaurant. And, yeah. uh, and I was watching and they were doing the, uh, and they were doing, <laughs> they were doing the highlights. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I said it like nine times. My wife's like, what? I'm like, he kept, what the fuck was that? And my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching golf from earlier today. She's like, why? I'm like, I have to understand what happened. Um, and whatever, man. Is he came back and he did fine on Sunday, right? Nothing great. He did fine on Sunday. He absolutely did. He came back he up. Took, he took himself out of it pretty quick. Okay. That's fine. He was already out of it after fucking Saturday. So, so play Seamus Power when he's out of it, basically. Yeah, when, no, when think, nothing's when nothing's on the line. What did I text you? I said he's a fucking first round leader. Fucking like I don't I, I listen. I don't know if he can close. He closed the battle assault like that. The, the one time I don't bet him because I'm paying attention to the other fucking tournament. He fucking wins, right? right. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm just I'm just very bitter. That's about, fine. My heartbroken that's twice fine. last tournament. That's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the flop lag on Seamus Power. Everybody hating his guts because he was the industry fucking play air quotes industry and fucking like whatever. Like I'll I'll play the flop lag. Uh, and I'm gonna fade 
I think I already said that. Fuck, I'm fading Headley, especially after that nugget that he just gave me. God damn it, John. You're going to make me bet Miss Cut Prop. I'm going to bet that now. You are. Right. You are I old. mean, it, it literally can't lose, so I don't know what you're waiting for. Ah, yeah, I love it. Let's go. It's as strong as a trend as anyone's come up with. So, All right, 7,000 hour range. John, let's kick it back to you. Just why don't you talk about just three or four guys in this range that you got your eye on? Yeah, there's a lot, honestly, and I think that's why I'm more comfortable fading, like, the 9K range and uh, only, like, one or two guys in the 8s because I really see myself getting a lot of exposure here in DFS um, and mix and matching. Like, a, a, I can do, like, a ROM and JT lineup and feel pretty good about it. So um, I like answer to start at the top. Uh, I usually, if I like web, I just play answer in the same tournament. Um, they have really good like correlation on the same courses. They finished one, two at the RBC Heritage last time, Web one. Um, and you just look at the, the courses that suit those guys. It's the, the courses that you don't have to be super long off the tee and just find fairways and, and be strong with your approach game. Uh, answers another guy who hasn't been putting well recently, but, uh, puts well on, on firm and fast greens. Um, so I think this will be a nice like get right spot for him after a shaky start to the year. Um, and he won 10 starts ago. So it's not like he's, you know, felt fallen off the face of the earth. Um, I think he's actually at a longer number now than Harold Barner. Um, which I've always like kind of compared these guys as the same throughout their careers as like these, these value guys that sort of hang around leaderboards, but we're never going to win. And they've each gotten wins like within the last year. So it's interesting to see the overreaction to, to Varner from last week, but. Um, I think this is a really good value in the seven Ks for a dancer who we've seen him in the nine Ks routinely and still be chalk. So, uh, he's a guy who usually just is chalk no matter what. I feel like he will go under the radar now that he's had a few like disappointing weeks in a row, but the ball striking has been there and I think the, the putting will be better. So, uh, I have a bet on him and, and I think he'll be in a lot of my lineups. Um, Keith Mitchell is a guy who's on most betting cards. I don't know about DFS, but like you see a hundred to one on Keith Mitchell. I think you just take it. You know he's mushed, though, right? He's what? He's mushed. You know who he's mushed super. Him? Oh, he's super mushed. Yeah, super Su- mushed. Like, yeah, I I, I had to cash out on that bet earlier, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't happy, but I found that out. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, but, you know, not everything is going in his favor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's strong off the tee and uh has good. Has at least one good result here. I think he has like yeah. a, a T16 yep. uh, two years ago and has like three top 15s in his last four starts or something like that. So he's hot. There's no reason he should be triple digits. Um, you know, the universe may not allow no, this to happen. Yeah, no, it's but, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I've already placed a bet and uh, yeah. cashed it out. It's money money set. Cash- uh, yeah. The last I'm- time I cashed out a bet was Bryson at the FedEx St. Jude because I bet him and then he did like an ESPN article and was like, I got COVID and I, I lost like 50 pounds and I'm not the same. And then he was like minus odds on Sunday to win. And I was like sweating him just to not win. So I'm never going to cash out a bet. Uh, if I did, I'll let you know. Cause then Mitchell then reverses the curse and is a guarantee to win. But for now, um, I am, I'm betting him. I may not play him in DFS though. Cause I still have control over that. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you know me, I'm a big Mito Pereira homer. Yep. Um, love him. He's also been like super mushed across the entire. He got industry. mushed last week. He was he just got mushed, so you can't hold that against him either. Right, exactly. Um, it, he's a weird case because he started out uh his his rookie season as this ball striker who couldn't putt, 
Uh, the last four weeks, he's gained over two strokes putting each week, and he's like this putting specialist all of a sudden who can't ball strike. Um, so it doesn't make sense, but you, you have to figure one one week he's going to put both together, putt well and hit the ball well. It sets up well for him. So, um, yeah, those are my three guys. I like it. All right, Capper, who do you like? All right, so what's funny is I'm on Mito as well, uh, and it's not just because you're on the show, John. Um, I just I'm playing the I'm playing I'm playing the week after Curse, and he's he's been a darling uh, for a while. I mean, as far as what he does well, it should play well here, and I'm hoping to get depressed ownership. What I'm looking at now, maybe not so depressed. Um, so, but I like Mito, and then I'm going like like you are on Mito, Keegs, seventy two hundred, sub ten percent ownership. A guy who is great off the tee, great with control of his eyes, and can't putt worth a shit. And this is a course that lets people who can't putt worth a shit come up to the field. And he's got a decent enough course history here. $7,200 for Keegan Bradley. Like, he can score. His birdies are better. He's not great because he can't putt. But listen, man, I love Keegan. And one of these days, he's going to pay it off for me other than a first-round leader. Because uh, other than that, I am in a deep, 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 deep fucking hole with Keegan fucking Bradley. Um <laughs> And then, uh, I, listen, I know it's, so what's funny is I thought it was going to be chalky, but looking at the ownership for KH Lee came in second here. We're, I play a first round leader at every TPC course. Fucking, he plays well at all these courses. Why can't he play he's, well again he's, here? He's also the king of all the Tom Weisskopf courses too. He won, uh, uh, Craig Ranch last, last oh, year. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, fucking sub 7%, KH Lee 7,300. Fuck yeah, let's go. Pivot away from, you know, some of the other chalky shit. So based on the bills that I've done, I haven't been able to really get up to the, the higher sevens. I've been having to poach down into the, to, to the lower. So other than that though, I would, I'd like to play Luke List again. Cause what if like this win finally fucking like just gets his confidence up and now he goes on like some fucking crazy tear? That would be awesome. I would, I would love to see that. I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be nice. Okay. All right. Uh, John, I mean, our first two plays we, we share. I also like answer this week for a lot of the same reasons you said, like, you know, if, if I think answer can definitely do a Webb Simpson impression and he played a little better last week in Saudi. Like he'd been struggling, you know, for the last couple of weeks. Again, I have no idea how he did it because he was really on the coverage <laughs> and shouting data, but I see a result. I see some positivity. I see the fact that he's going to keep the ball to play off the tee. He's pretty good with his short and intermediate irons. And kind of like what you just said, he, you know, he puts, not only does he putt really well on faster, firmer surfaces, he also puts pretty well on the overseed. It's the same agronomy setup as PJ West. He tends to do pretty well over there too. So I like can, um, you know, even though I had to cash out on the Keith Mitchell bet, uh, rest in peace, 130 to one DraftKings. Um, like this doesn't mean he still finished top 25. So. You know, I like him here. Like a lot of the series, I like him. Like, um, I think, you know, that good drive percentage stat, a lot of that is kind of, he was really erratic for a while. This year, he's actually been driving a little better, a little more consistently. And so I, I like how he's trying in. And I, I think he's got a really big ceiling. So I like him. And then Charles Howell, like it's vanilla. It's boring, but he's made the cut in his last five. He's had four straight top forties. He hasn't played this event in, I think four or five years, but. His overall tracker, he's got a lot of rounds in, under his belt here, and he's been pretty good. So I think I'm just going to use that for $7,200. If he finishes top 30, top 40, that's a pretty good result for his price range. Like it. All right. Why don't we take one more break, and then uh, we'll uh, finish off uh, 
uh, breaking down all the tiers. All right. Well, listen, did you guys know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the Internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the Internet, encrypting 100% of your data. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, which is important for you, Steve, will be more importantly shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish will make you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick, in your streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. It really is. If I can do it, you can. Uh, all you have to do is tap one button. You're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot.com. So go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% off savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. I'm about to cancel my regular service and just Sign up under my wife's Gmail now because so I can save that money. There you go. <laughs> All right. $6,000 range. Boston Cabin, why don't you uh, kick it off? Why don't you go dumpster diving with three or four guys you like? So dumpster, I mean, three or four guys. I mean, I really, really like this area. It's, uh, but here's what I'm going to need you to do. I'm going to need you to pull up while I'm talking about a couple other guys. I want you to, I need you to tell me what the ear has been doing overseas and what Wallace has been doing overseas. Uh, well, I can tell you Wallace has been terrible again. Again? Yeah, it's, it's gone back to really bad. So uh, let's see. Let's start with your boy, Herbert. Yeah. The um. So we gained 3.84 strokes per round at, what was it, Dubai, I think? Yeah. Or no, Abu Dhabi. Okay. So he played well there. All right. Uh, and then he got Wallace, who has, ah, maybe so it's not that he, so he lost strokes. He made the cup at Abu Dhabi and Dubai. No. Lost about 1.4 overall at Abu Dhabi, gained over two in okay. Dubai. All right. So, I Not mean, too bad. What, what was it though? Was it off the tee? He was kind yeah, of a mess. He's kind of a mess off the tee. That's not great for this. No, week. it's not great. Yeah. I mean, listen, um, you can be a mess off the tee. You just can't be like a nightmare off the tee and end up in, uh, as John said, the local cacti. Yeah, that, um, that's the problem. I mean, unless you're Jordan Spieth pulling a rabbit out of your ass, then it's true. That's Jordan yeah. Spieth. Listen exactly. Up. All right. So, I so did did Han withdraw? No, he withdrew last week. Last week. Okay. Yeah. So always a fair question, though. Right. Right. So so last year. Steve, you remember this, right? So this is this is why I love this fucking tournament, right? Because like like I host a Super Bowl party most years, and like I had like two other guys who bet golf with me, but everybody else had no fucking clue, right? But they're like, "When are you gonna turn on the pregame?" I'm like, "Shut the fuck up! We're watching this tournament till it's over." The old shitty offshore sponsor had a terrible Han number, just hanging, just yeah. fuck, and he was up by two strokes. The whole Slack channel just fucking. 
slamming that shit. I got people who've never bet golf in their life downloading the app and betting. And so the whole, the whole, my whole fucking, my whole living room is just screaming for this guy they've never seen before. And he immediately duck hooks it into the fucking water. But that's what this tournament is. I fucking love it just based on that. And because they got caught sleeping with a bad number, they refunded everybody because they wouldn't have paid out if they won. Because that's a shady, shady offshore show. Supposedly. Um, so I don't know. I love Han. He makes some shit fit, man. Um, super low. He's got a good, he's got a good course history here, but it does, he, he is always a worry, uh, for the night before withdrawal. Uh, I have a question for you too, because I feel like you two guys will know a little more about. So Ekro, right? I was on him last week, right? Okay, congratulations. Everybody spiked the football on Thursday, by the way. So, so, but, but I mean, I mean uh, how is that May cut didn't finish for you? Oh, fucking Christ. What did I text you that night? I was like, MDF? Are you fucking kidding me? I hadn't seen that shit in years. In years. I mean, when was the last time we got a fucking MDF? I, I forgot that it was even still a thing until they brought in all the, cele- the, the celebrities for this tournament. Oh, you guys fucking yeah. Otherwise, it would have been eight-hour rounds. Pro all those guys but seriously, but, but fucking it, 6200 it's a pretty steep price discount. He's right next to my boy, Wes Bryan. So that'll tell you how big the discount it is. I mean, look, like the ball striking numbers look really good. For him, I think the question is, how cute do you really want to be? I mean, listen, if you're building like it seems like John does, I mean, you, you're going to have to dip down here. Maybe not a little bit sixty two hundred, but that might give you a little more flexibility to get up to a, maybe a, a seventy four hundred dollar guy that you like a little better. But fine, okay. either way. So I mean, uh, so, it, I mean, it doesn't seem like I mean, looking at his, I mean, I know it's early, but his ownership is like pretty wow. high for someone sixty two hundred bucks. Is it? Where is it? It's, it's, I mean, it's, I, I don't trust these numbers right now, but it's, I mean, people favor him 17%, oh, 6% fuck. ownership. 17%. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, okay, never mind. Um, so lastly, don't give a shit. Good course history here. Um, he's actually been playing okay. It's fine for his price point at 6,700. Um, and I mean, he's chalky for 6K, you know, we're around 6, 6% or whatever, but yeah, whatever. He's got a good course history here on that. And then I said I was going to swear him off. I'm going to give, JT posted. Fuck. One more shot. One more <laughs> shot, man. One more shot. Dude, he's got a good course history here. He's played okay, other than uh, torpedoing uh, all of my 66 lineups. Uh, was it two weeks ago we did that? So I'm going to give him one more shot, though. I'm going to go back to JT posted. Not, not Sung Kang? No, I'm not. I, he'll be first-round leader, though. You bet your fucking bottom dollar. First-round leader, Sung Kang, on a TPC course? Yes, let's go. I have to actually verify if that's an actual thing or if you're just making that up in your brain. Hey, whether I made it up or not, I cashed it. <laughs> I don't think it was T. Well, you know it was TPC. It was Some TPC. Fine. That's right. Fine. That, that one time with Sung Kang, that magical Thursday. It's only four well, years, I, so we're fine. Sung Kang is a member at Craig Ranch. Oh, is, there you go. Which is the Weisskopf TPC that uh, has the KH Lee oh. correlation. So there's some Ooh. sort of couple degrees of separation for Sung Kang. I like that, it. That's, a, that's another thing. Boston Cap is going to anchor his bank account again, you know, this week. <laughs> there you go. And um, all the Sung Kang positional props. Yeah, that's that's a little dangerous, but to each their own. Um, what the, uh, Nate Lashley lives in yeah. Scottsdale too. I think he's a member. If they do memberships at this course, he is. If not, then he right. just like plays here all the time. So you so like him too? I like that play. Um, yeah, and he looked good last week. For whatever reason, you play him at Waste Management, you play him at Pebble, and then you forget about him. Got and Rocket Mortgage. He won Rocket Morgan. So you, All right. you play those three times and then you forget he exists. And John, who else do you like in this range then? Let's keep um, I got a guy cheaper than everyone that you guys mentioned, which oh, which I was already nervous about, and now I'm like even more nervous. 
Um, Jason Duffner. I feel Stop like daddy. he could, Come on. I feel like he could really thrive in this environment. Um, in theory, like in practice, him. he has uh, missed the cut, I believe, the last four or five years at this mm-hmm. tournament. So that's why yep. he's sixty one hundred dollars. Um, but I was very high on him at the um, uh, Houston Open, where yeah. he missed the cut after almost being first round leader by one stroke. So he came out blazing. I was pseudo victory lapping the call because I wrote him up and then he shot like seven over the next day and missed the cut, uh, which was absurd, but not going to hold it against him. He has a low round in him and uh, he is doing the Mito Pereira thing where he's just been this guy who's been getting along ball striking, but has been completely lost on the greens. And then the last uh, three rounds, he's gained over a stroke putting all of a sudden, but he's lost the ball striking. So another guy where like, you'd have to think he didn't just like completely forget how to hit the ball. And now that he knows how to putt, you just pair the two together and you've got yourself a pretty good golfer and he's $6,100. Like um, you know, ball striker course is, is generally a ball striker and, and he can't putt um, like a Keegan Bradley light. Um, two guys who like somehow have a major championship and then suck the rest of their all career. Right, so. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> well, he's a boss. Keegan's a New England guy, right? So he's I can't, a New England guy. I think, yeah, from, I, I think he's guy. actually from like Vermont, but whatever. Okay. I, I, I I mushed him in person at TPC by accident. I didn't even mean to do it. <laughs> I was like, bring another championship home to Boston, Keegan, and then he put it in the water on 18. I was like, oh, fuck, I got to walk away. Sorry, oh, see, See, you've been doing that for years, by the way. Oh, yeah, for years. It seems yeah. like you've been causing a lot of, like, abrupt collapses with, yes, with like, your yeah. mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Now we know. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now yeah, we well, know actually, he, bet, he bet Seamus Power, I think, on Friday night, too. So I think you directly caused that as well. I was drunk. That doesn't count. Eh, no, okay. it still does. Is, I'm seeing a lot of dots connected. Um, <laughs> I, I'm with you guys on uh, on Han and Eckroad as well. Uh, one other name I'll throw out is Brendan Steele, who has, like, top 10 course history here. If you're just looking for, like, a, a floor of a guy who can play well here, um, you know, him or Nate Lashley are two guys who just play for the for the course history. But – um, he looked very good at the Zozo. He was right in it the whole time. Um, I think he, he's like top five there. Yep. Um, so, you know, th- the form's pretty much there. He, he's another guy who usually you play him at like the Sony and you play him here and he wasn't really himself at the Sony. So I think that's how he got down to 6,500. But in general, this is like the type of course that you want to play a guy like him at. Like it. Okay. All right. Um, you know, he played great last week. Uh, he helped me cash a uh, nice positional prop for me. I'm going back to Adam Hadwin this week. I mean, anytime I play him on overseas services, he loves that, that, uh, type of the putt on. He's had quotes about it, how he just loves putting on this type of surface and how it's when playing desert golf. Going back to him. Uh, I think, I think Matthew Neesmith can back up. A, he had a really good performance last year. I think he can back it up again. Like he fits, you know, keeps the ball in playoff tee, pretty good with the short and intermediate irons. You know, he was a, atrocious putter last year, but that seemed to kind of turn around a little bit. You know, I, I think for six, 600 bucks makes, you know, another decent run of like a top 40, top 30. I think you're happy. And now I'm going back to the well, Kramer Hickok. I liked him at the Amex. He disappointed me there. There's still a lot of like, you know, like he's going to keep the ball and play off the tee. Last 12 rounds, he's been hitting his irons pretty good. He's net positive on overseas surfaces. Um, I'm I, I'm going to trust my hunch, you know, even though he missed the cut of the Amex, I'm going to go back to him. All right. All right. John, as our special guest, usually this is reserved for Boston Capper to run his mouth about something, but uh, why don't you uh, just rant about anything? Could be about, you know, golf, could be about life in general. What are you burning on? 
Um, I, yeah, I don't run that hot to be honest. Um, but I get like bothered by things. <laughs> um, and in golf, I think I was bothered by the uh, dismissal of Harold Varner's win last week. And I think, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I, I, I'm happy. I love it. it. I love HB3. I love him. Love the guy. Love him. Very, very easy to root for that guy. Yeah. And, uh, yes, he has shot his, himself in the foot and, and taken himself out of contention in, in a lot of moments where he's had opportunity, yeah. um, to win. And, and he has, um, you know, established this reputation as a guy who just can't win. Um, and a lot of people have been quick to dismiss the win in Saudi and just say, he, he had to go overseas to get a win, blah, blah, blah. Um, that field, uh, by world golf ranking strength of field would have been the second most difficult field to win this year in 2022. It was more difficult than the Houston Open, which was actually a loaded field, if, if you guys remember. Yeah. Um, and, and I think some people probably saw that, you know, they poached some top players, but it, it's an Asian tour event. And there were some top players, but the the depth of that field was not anything compared to a PGA Tour field. Um, that's not true. That's what the strength of field uh, ranking is there to prove: is that the overall like how difficult it is to win that event is judged by who's in it. Um, and the win equity of any field is, is always at the top. So if you're playing at, at an event where um, there were 15 top 30 world golf ranked players. And we haven't really seen that on the PGA Tour this year. It certainly wasn't at the, the Sony Open, and it was not at, no, not at uh, the AT&T Pro-Am. <laughs> so Harold Varner won the most difficult event in the world last week. It, it, it's not normal that that's not on the PGA Tour, but that is what happened there. And you could talk about the fashion in which he won it, where he needed to hit a uh, hero 100-foot putt on the on the last hole, and he kind of lucked into it and uh, whatever it may be. And he shot, he shot even par on on Sunday. So you know, he didn't go out and win it, but, uh, you know, let's be real. Like what did Jordan Spieth do on Sunday? Like get good golfers. Don't play their best, uh, every single Sunday to win tournaments. Sometimes you backdoor win. Sometimes you, you shoot even par and it's enough. Um, Russell Henley could have easily, uh, won in, in Sony and he didn't because, uh, Hideki Matsuyama rode, uh, all of Japan who, who somehow found their, themselves inside the ropes. Uh, at, and Boston pushing, by the way. Yeah, I did. Right. I did, well, that's, I, that's I, an I, unfair I, battle as well. But I did that almost on purpose. Yeah, thank, thank but you. But you look at what what Russell Henley did, and he shot, I think, four or five under on a Sunday, uh, with a commanding lead, and he didn't win. Um, and and you know, it, there's just so much randomness. I compare winning a golf tournament to winning a fantasy football week. You can only control what what you can do. But sometimes you're just going to go up against a lineup that scoring more points than you. And you can't play defense. There's nothing you can do to stop the other lineup from scoring points. Yeah. All you can do is put up a number that's good enough to win. And I think Harold Varner has done a lot of that in his career. And he's not the only one. I think Russell Henley's done a lot of that in, the, in his career where he finished second. He beat everybody in the field except that one guy who had a better week than him. But sometimes you have a big lead going into Sunday and you lose that way. Sometimes you have, sometimes you're trailing and you, you have this big mounted comeback and it just was one stroke, not enough. Abraham Answers done a ton of that in his career. So there's a lot of guys who get this reputation as 
this guy can't win on tour and he's never going to win and all he does is finish runner up and he doesn't rise in big moments. I think you'd be surprised at how many good players don't rise in big moments either. And they just pick up their wins kind of randomly. So I think it's, I think we got to give our props to Harold Varner. He beat a tough field. It's much more impressive than Tom Hoagie's win last week. uh, In my opinion. Yes. And, you know, I, I hope he wins more. I, I hope he can get the stigma uh, off his chest that, you know, he, he had to join a, a new league to win or he can't win on the PGA Tour because oh. he's got to root for. And I think there are going to be events coming up that, uh, you know, Varner can get another win at. What assholes are shitting on Varner's win? Like, oh, which- like a, a lot of the podcasts, they just want to talk about how just terrible the Saudi league is and how big of an asshole Phil Nicholson is. Basically, they, they mentioned Varner and they're like, oh, that's great. And then they move on. For real? Yeah. That, that, well, the that's PGA the, Tour is not going to acknowledge. Well, fuck the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour can't acknowledge that that even happened. So that's too bad for Warner too, because if he ever gets, uh, you know, any TV time, they can't bring it up because they don't even want to acknowledge that the Saudi thing is happening. So that's too bad for him. But yeah, in general, you see Asian Tour event winner, and it's like, who cares? But yeah, that was a little, an anomaly. A little that. different. Yeah, a little different <laughs> Asian Tour event win. I, I like. Yeah. I like the thing. I can't believe there's people actually saying like. That the win isn't impressive. Are you fucking serious? Like, whatever. And he missed, like, he missed, like, what, like, seven, seven putts on the, for birdie on the front nine within, like, 10 or 12 feet for birdies, right? And he talked about it. He's like, he's like, I was confident enough that I'm a good putter. So every time I miss one, uh, you know, my percentage for me making the next one goes up. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go, dude. Like, uh, like, I don't I, think that's how math works, but I love that. Yeah, but whatever. It's confidence, dude. <laughs> But I liked how he looked at it, and I was like, I yeah. didn't that confidence on the golf Every course. time I flip tails on a coin, I'm so much more likely for it to yeah. be heads. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, why don't we take one more break, and then uh, we'll close the show with some outrights and uh, some Super Bowl picks. All right. Uh, so we're going to need two ad breaks. Uh, so Thrive Fantasy is talking uh, – is, is coming up for the big game. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app, and – in esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup for the Bengals first, the Rams. Each prop is assigned its fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has a 100K guaranteed contest for the big game that's 25 bucks to enter and first place takes home 20K. Use promo code SGP when you Sign up today and you receive 100% instant first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Deposit $10 or more to receive the match plus two free 100K contest entries. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. And listen, prop swap. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping the NFL playoffs. January's was prop... Prop swaps biggest month ever as betters from across the country cash in on their Super Bowl futures. Like Joe from California who sold a hundred dollar forty to one Bengals Super Bowl ticket for fifteen hundred bucks. The buyer got great odds and Joe made fifteen times his money. Prop swap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. So hurry up and download the free prop swap app today. It's got fantastic features like 
filtering listed tickets based on the best value of free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. A loyalty program that turns your ticket sales into cash uh, or bonus cash in a first deposit match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. So join the real sports bettors on PropSwap.com where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. John, as our guest, why don't you kick it off first? Uh, what outright bet you got to uh, win the Waste Management Phoenix Open this week? So I have room in my card for two more that I Ooh. I just I don't know what I'm doing. I have a, a decent idea of what I'm doing, but what I've bet so far is Webb Simpson forty five to one, Abe Answer sixty six to one, uh, Mito one fifty, and Mitchell one thirty for now. Um, let's see, <laughs> let's see what, what happens if I, I'm telling you, if I do avoid it, you'll be the first to know and then you guys can stay put. Um, okay. I am 50 50 between JT and Hideki at the top. Okay. I started this week thinking I was going Rom single bullet and I see JT at double the odds of Rom and I think they're really neck and neck. Either one can win this. Um, so I think that's good value on JT at 14 is what I've seen, but then I've also seen Hideki at 18. I also think is a phenomenal number for him. Um, so I, I don't know. For me, it's hard for me to see Hideki Matsuyama winning three times in, in five weeks. Yep. And that's like the only reason I'm not betting him uh, right now. Uh, but I'm, I'm 50 50 between those two guys. And I, I'm not even going to say who who the other guys I'm, I'm thinking are because if I say it and I don't bet them, then uh, it, they're gonna hit. So there's a couple guys who are 100 to one that I'm I'm narrowing it. Oh no, fuck that shit! You don't come on here to do that. Who do you think of 100? <laughs> who do you think on 100 to one? Like it would. Right, I'm gonna regret feel, this. Throw throw five bucks on them just to make yourself feel better. I, that's that now. That's what I have to do. <laughs> um, but I'm deciding between uh Aaron Wise, who right. I don't know if you guys noticed, he had a five putt and a four putt at this event last year. Oh, that's fun. That's hard I, remember, I remember that vividly. I think I was on him for like a top 20 or something. It was he's got a, a completely different putter now, so maybe he saves – he lost 10 strokes putting last week. Yeah, so I think he's got Adam Scott's that. old broomstick putter. Yeah, there you go. So maybe that's all it took is to save 10 strokes on the greens and he wins the tournament. So I'm thinking him. Um, I had Matt Kuchar on a short list, another course history guy who's okay. come to life in a top 10 at the Sony. So – Maybe him, and then KH Lee might be a FOMO bet because he's just you just play him at Weisskopf and TPC. So yep. the, I'm deciding between those three guys. All right. I'll probably yeah. bet all of them in some unofficial manner now that we've talked about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, John, I'm a lot like you as far as, like, building the car. Like, I focus on our right, unit allocation, you know, not getting over-leveraged shit like that. But this is the Super Bowl weekend, and I'm already probably resigned to the fact I'm going to gamble way too much on what I – feel comfortable doing and I, I i feel like i'm going to disney world this week so i'm just spending i want to have some sweats i want to be on some big dogs coming down the stretch and i kind of built my card like that and i don't really care if this is something i don't usually do going for it so let's start at the top when i first put together you know i, I did my course preview i looked at the golf course and a lot of it just screamed Hovland to me. Just a guy who has a great combination of length and accuracy. Pepper's really big greens can get hot with a putter. He's been playing awesome. And 
I mean, I, I do worry about the fact that there's a lot of blow up hole opportunities at this golf course and he definitely can blow up. But one of my books opened up at 18 to one on him and I took it. I think it's gone to 14. I probably would not bet it at that point, but I was just kind of committed. Like if I sell him 18 or 20 for, I just, I think I'm just scared of him at this, at this point. So I just bet that. I saw Xander at 22 and kind of like last week where I just said, screw it. I'm just going to bet a guy who I really like at this golf course at a number that, you know, I think is reasonable. I took it. Um, I'm a little worried about the Daniel Berger with the back injury too, but I saw his eyes open up 31 to one. And if it's right, that is way too low for him based on what he can do with this place. When he's on the history based on, you know, just some of the things he brings to the table. And then same thing with Scotty Shuffler. I, he was, I got him at 33 when he opened. He's kind of, I think that's, I think he's like 22 on a couple other books or, you know, like mid twenties now. I like that price. Like again, like that's a guy with a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. He's got good history here. Hits his irons pretty good. And at some point he's going to win. Why not this week? Um, I saw 50 to one on Adam Scott and I just saw that like based on how he did in the Middle East. Well, the CJ Cup last year should have won Wyndham. It seems like he's finding a little more consistency off the tee ever since he kind of ditched that 40 inch driver. I don't know if he can actually win because I don't trust that putter, but I just saw the 50 to one on him and I took it. And then I actually did take 100 to one on Aaron Wise. Uh, I thought that was mispriced based on just how good of a ball striker he's been. He missed the cut at the farmers, but, and I thought it was probably going to be because, oh, well, he just turned back into a pumpkin on the greens again. And he actually did. He hit the ball pretty bad. He actually, Putted well, and that continues a trend of Aaron Wise suddenly is an awesome putter. So if he can turn that around, like the, the ball striking, hit it well and continue to putt well, I think he can be in the mix, and I like that 100 to 1 number. So that's the card. It's not usually one that I like building like this, but screw it. It's the Waste Magic Phoenix Opens the Super Bowl. Let's just have fun. I'm like a monkey on cocaine this week, man. So the – um <laughs> I, I immediately, I immediately bet Speeth at 20 because I love him on this course. Came in second last week, whatever. I feel like I thought his number was going to be shorter. I texted you earlier. I was hoping to catch a better number on JT. Um, knowing we weren't, I like, I knew we weren't going to catch a good number on Rob because they're just never going to hang a good number on Rob. You just got to start parlaying this with like, I don't know, some tennis favorite or something like that. If you actually want to bet fucking Rob. Um, and then Brooks, same thing, 35 to one, whatever. Don't care. Like if you're gonna post a 35 to one on Monday morning when I'm like refreshing my sites to see it and you're gonna hang it, I'm gonna bet it. I don't give a shit if it doesn't hit or not. Like I'm gonna take it out of FOMO. Um, and then Burger, fucking 30 to one. If it wasn't for the back injury, he'd be he'd be at worst 20, right? At worst 20. Um, so I think there's value there. Hopefully his back holds up. It's a fucking outright. Second or last doesn't matter. Who cares? Like 30 to one, good number on him. And then my bombs. Uh, we are on all the same bombs. Uh, I'm on Mito, Wise, KH Lee, and the only other one that you guys didn't mention is like a Gary Woodland because I was so high on him at the beginning of the year. God damn it, I'm going to bet him every fucking week, and hopefully he fucking hits. I, Gary Woodland's Kaiser Soze this way. He's just a rumor. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's a boogeyman that scares all the golf gamblers, you know, yeah. betting on him. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't think he's got anything anymore. Bro, it's, bro, it's fucking 10 bucks. I know. Bucks on I, I know. I just, I, I keep hearing him every week, and yeah, because I keep talking about him every week. That is true. You're one of the only people I talk to, not social media. It's probably just this one man echo chamber I listen to. Exactly. All right, John. Since it's Super Bowl week too, you got a Super Bowl pick. Uh, you got any props you're uh, you liking as well? 
Um, well, I'll say this. Uh, my day job is uh, advertising for HBO. Oh, and we, I love HBO. There we go. I, we have a Super Bowl spot, and I'm not allowed to say what it is. Oh, um, okay. But it's going to air in the two-minute warning. So all I ask for is a close game because I am going to have to deal with some very upset people if everybody turns this game off uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, so I'm rooting for a close game, which makes me really like Bengals plus four um, with my heart because I hope it's close. Um, I think the Rams play close games. They don't really blow teams out. The Bengals don't allow teams to blow them out when they get down big. They they catch up quick. Um, so I think we're getting a close game, and I really hope that we do. Um, question is, uh, did did Sony Michelle win MVP on the Patriots? Am no. I making that up? Yes, you're fucking absolutely making that up. Sony Michelle wins the fucking MVP. Didn't he have yeah, like three touchdowns crazy. in a game yeah, in the Super still, Bowl? Still, no, it was the it was the KC game. Was it was it James White was, that won the MVP? James, no, yeah. James White should have James White should have won the MVP. Okay, he still gave it to Brady. Sony Michelle, it, it was the KC game, the AFC Championship. He didn't have three touchdowns. Okay. There was like fuck it, there was a touchdown in that terrible Super Bowl against the Rams. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I, I I crowdsourced that one off of the Boston <laughs> experts because I was like I was gonna chase that narrative because no, right? no, no, no. he's eighty to one to win Super Bowl MVP. No shot. If they just hand it off to a reliable guy who scored a Super Bowl touchdown before. Um, that'd be an interesting, uh, MVP prop. But, um, uh, as far as the other props go, I haven't really dove into it too much yet. I am looking for these like golf football crossovers. I know yeah. last year it was like longest drive, Rory McElroy or Kansas City passing yards, um, stuff like that. that like yeah. I like to think on those. I haven't seen those come out yet. I'm sure they will. There's like they a will. million That's, of them. Yeah. They're not out yet though. Yeah. I, I've seen a couple. There's some ones, unfortunately, like it's, a lot of relates to the first round of the Phoenix Open, so you gotta get in quick. It's like Jordan Spieth birdies versus um, Matthew Stafford total rushing yards. That's one I've seen. Ooh, that's John cool. John Rahm's opening score uh, opening round score versus Joe Mixon total rushing yards. Uh, and then they have some like long range ones. Like uh, I forget what exactly the prop is, but it's against total players under par the players or total players under par the masters. That's why I told you I looked at the Farmers Almanac. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. kind of like that one, but I get, you're locking your money up for two months. I don't really know if I want to get on that. No, so, uh, but I'm hoping there's going to be some – they usually have some like day of, like round four stuff. Those are the ones I really like. Yeah. Wait, I just found Those the ones I'll What you got? Uh Will there be more Cam Akers touchdowns or hole in ones at the Waste Management Phoenix Open? Yeah, that was even that odds. Was too. Yeah, I'm betting one side of that. I gotta, I gotta think. You gotta, I mean, take, I th- you gotta take the Cam Akers side. I was gonna take the Aces. I think, I think there's been an Ace like every other year at this event. I actually looked that up last week. Sean McVay's I, a fucking Sean McVay's an idiot, and he's gonna. He doesn't matter how many times Akers fumbles, he's the better player, so he's gonna hand the ball off. In the red zone. Akers has a big-time fumble problem. That's yeah, why I'm thinking Michelle huge. in my head. I might yeah, yeah. double down on that. Michelle I mean, look, MVP. I, I don't know about Michelle MVP, man. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> the, um, and listen, I love Sony Michelle. I wasn't one of those guys. So Boston Sports Radio, not to get off of the tangent, like fucking draft the running back in the first round, blah blah blah, whatever. Who cares? Like you shouldn't draft the running back in the first round. But Sony Michelle was good for us. He helped drive us to a fucking Super Bowl. Uh, we had he had a great fucking year. He had like 14 touchdowns. I love Sony Michelle. Um, whatever. He's not gonna be a Super Bowl MVP though. Um, <laughs> so, all right, all right. Well, I'll take one more ad break and then we'll uh, close the show out. 
Shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> better fantasy. Uh, listen, the fantasy season is over, but the action is still coming to the better fantasy app. Download their free to play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their playoff prop pools to score big when they big, when you win big. Uh, we love better fantasy because you can win awesome prizes, even raise some money for charity along the way. It's totally free to play and you'll earn better credits by completing challenges in Use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. Uh, download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGP. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGP. And of course, do not forget to go download the app. Um, they got a, we have a hundred thousand dollar Super Bowl prop contest. You got to go 10 and 0 with Super Bowl props and you'll win a hundred K on the app. So go download the app and toss us a fucking review, you ingrates. Go send us yeah. a review. By the way, if we get 10 reviews before Thursday, you and I will do a special rules, uh, podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's- we need 10 reviews before Thursday and we'll do uh, a whole show on golf, uh, football crossover bets. You can so. hear me get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And, and, zone. and I'll even sweeten the deal. I'll make sure Steve has Red Bull and vodka. If we get 15, 15 reviews, we'll get Red Bull and vodka Steve. For the Super Bowl crossover bet. He didn't know that was coming, but I just promised it. So 15 reviews. Let's go. <laughs> All right. I'm down with that. All right, John, thank you very much for coming on the show. Do you got anything to plug for, uh, we get you out of here? Um, uh, just, uh, my weekly articles on the lines. Uh, you can look out for my tournament preview every Sunday night on thelines.com and, uh, also my values, sleeper picks, articles on playpicks.com, which will be going out tomorrow. And if you've already listened to this podcast, I think I've touched on every single one of them. So. That's a spoiler alert, but if you would prefer to read it, you can. Um, and then I post a recap on my card every Wednesday uh, on the lines.com as well. And he's got one of the best Twitter handles around. You didn't even pitch it. It's at PGA Tout. <laughs> like, like, did you get in on, like, the second day of Twitter? Like, I don't understand how you got that. It is. I was nice. So I actually was XFL Tout originally. Oh, um, no. Do you know XFL Jim? Do you know it's Jim? It's funny because I do. Uh, I mean, through Twitter, yeah. I've okay. interacted with XML right. Jim, yeah. Um, it's funny. Yesterday was my two-year Twitter anniversary, and I started my Twitter account for the XFL in February, like a month before the XFL started. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get an edge on this sport. And I'm going to, right. if nobody's paying attention to this. So if I spend like an hour, I'll have an edge. <laughs> and that was mostly true. And then they shut down the league, and I was like, oh, you know, I got like a few hundred followers. I got to do something with it. So, I pivoted to PGA Tout. For some reason, it was available. Started getting a lot of random like app mentions in the beginning for people who were spelling PGA Tour wrong. Um, and I think that definitely helped me build up my following early on. Um, but unfortunately, now people think I'm actually a tout, which is um, hard to uh, walk back from. But I am not. Uh, no, no, we don't. Free, we don't. So. We, we don't. We don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't sell things. We no no selling things no. on this network. This is. I would. This is free. This is the community. I would never. Never ask for somebody to pay for what I have to say. No, especially on golf, by the way. Selling picks on the most random sport out there. <laughs> so. Right. When there's there's hundreds of people putting picks out who have right. a, a much higher win rate than than I. So I just oh, try to be right. entertaining. Stop, stop oh, being so fucking humble. Jesus. All right. <laughs> now, there's only room for one self-deprecating golf analyst. So that's me. So, no, you did great. I, I It was a great combo. I, I really liked a lot of your picks tonight. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, yeah, appreciate you having me on anytime. All right, Steve, got anything to wrap up? Uh, no, that's it. Like we said, if, uh, you know, if you guys go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rate and review, subscribe and give us a, uh, you know, if we get 10 reviews for Thursday, 
we will start breaking down Super Bowl props. So, yeah, get right and get rating. Listen, 10 is the number. 15 is the number to get Red Bull and Vodka, Steve. We need 15 reviews by Thursday. Get your kid's phone. Get your mom's phone. Let's get Steve drunk and start gambling and watch his bankroll management go right out the window. So, listen, uh, I'd like to uh, – seriously, go follow uh, go follow John on Twitter, man. He's a good follow. He writes really sharp shit. Uh, he's at PGA Tout. Uh, you know where to find me, Boston underscore Capper. You can come find us both on the Slack channel. Uh, I'm getting better uh, with Twitter. Uh, last week, I was busy with real life shit. But prior to that, I made a meme and an audiogram. That's right. Your boy's learning. So come follow us on fucking uh, on Twitter and Slack, and let's go break them fucking books.